0: like physical clothing on but i feel like for the podcast for the kitchen i get naked spiritually
1: naked juice we talked about naked juice before how it's kind of a scam
0: yeah a lot of calories it's not even good for you a lot of sugar
1: we don't need any artificial sweeteners for the pod because we had your sweet All feet natural. we had your sweet feet i'm like your a, huge calves i've got my huge calves they're pretty sweet they're like uh horchata oh yeah milky just a lot, of, a lot of rice in there. You do have
0: ricey calves. I saw those calves in person. Yeah. I'm, I've, I've been dreaming about these calves.
1: Welcome to Braze Bits, everybody. <laughs> Wait,
0: is that the cold open? That felt that felt cold. We got some
1: Braise Bits. We got some Braise Bits. They're coming in hot already or not.
0: Braise Bits. Mmm, Bits. That, that felt like I was, I was dipping into a, like a, a chilly pool.
1: Yeah, sometimes you just got to dip into the pool and let your body acclimate, and that's what we're doing with the pod. Welcome, everybody, to episode 45. 45 of Braze Bits. This is our
0: Trump episode.
1: Oh, yeah, because he's 40. I was like, is he... Because we have COVID? We don't have COVID, hopefully. I don't
0: think I have COVID, but this is our number 45. Crazy. We made it here.
1: We made it here, and I don't think this is going to be our last episode. I, I know it won't be. Knock on wood. I'm knock gonna, on door. I'm going to knock on matcha. Kate made me matcha wow. just before. First time i have matcha before the pod, this could be a different kind of performance. First matcha pod. I, I got a matcha your energy. I think I'm going to end up being the man of the matcha here. <laughs> or the man of La Mancha.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I haven't had a matcha since the 70s. Did she make it or did she go out to get it?
1: She made it. We got, I guess, matcha here. Nice yeah i got uh, a lot we, of my cheese smell. matcha man randy yeah. savage there it is <laughs> very, very strong you lifted that one right up and we have I'm from starting up yeah matcha i feel like it's good it's not if we didn't have it around i wouldn't be having it but yeah it's pretty it's good it's pretty good it's
0: a nice little uh boost at 515 gives uh, a nice little pepper yeah
1: it's it's better than having coffee at in the late afternoon, early evening, I like I like tea. That. Bad idea. I'm
0: I am i i taking before this pot. I have some iced coffee here. I'm feeling a little jittery. Not great.
1: Yeah, you do. You you need a boost because I know usually you're not enthusiastic enough. So that's smart.
0: <laughs> I gotta get more Derek jittery. I I, I, I need a little a little starter. This iced coffee really puts a little pep in my step.
1: Pep Guardiola, we're in it. Uh, I already said welcome to Braised bits. I can't say it again. Then I'm gonna you can. I'm going to sound like a tape recorder, or maybe even a floppy disk. <laughs> I haven't seen a floppy disk in a long time, but I miss those flops. Yeah, I, Flop don't, think, I don't think I've seen one since the Battle of Saratoga. Yeah. <laughs> but we got I got some really exciting meal prep before we get into this episode, which I think is going to be... It's already a classic. It's already top-notch.
0: I, I, I have a lot of nervous energy coming into it, because I feel like the bar is high, the one-made bar, so but we have so much raw goods to get into. It's going to be insane.
1: Yeah. The restaurant slash bar definitely is pretty high for this one, but I think yeah. we're going to sit down and have a nice time. I, so welcome new Brazerbacks. backs. It's nice to keep getting new Brazerbacks. backs. We like to do now, we like to do a thing called meal prep slash also called previously on Brazerbacks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I did. That's a good setup. I, I was like a little late on that, but we, we can add it
1: together. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be Last good. time devoured in the braised bits kitchen. So I'm gonna actually speak to the ongoing sweatpants saga. Please. Two episodes ago now we had a I would say a blowout maybe a, a, ra- a row I think that's what they say in, in England a row, a row over Jesse loves sweatpants I don't think they're useful. I'm not. I'm not on Team Sweatpants. We talked about last time. Eric Seidel, the Pod Nemesis, is a big Sweatpants fan, but he didn't really advocate for Jesse, and Jesse was a little bit perturbed by that.
0: He didn't weigh in. He didn't
1: have my back. He never has my back. That's why he's my enemy, and uh,
0: I don't want to meet him in person because I. He,
1: the,
0: the the more he I, I can't is he has he responded? Is this what the, part of the meal prep?
1: So he has responded. Oh, Here we come. I'm excited to read this. So, this is what...
0: First time, long time. It's not a first time, but a long time since Seidel's dove into the kitchen.
1: This is what Seidel says. Bits, boys. Jesse must be unfamiliar with the check raise. <laughs> I tapped the felt while you guys discussed sweatpants, but now I'm all in. So, this is classic Eric Seidel, the poker player slash pod nemesis. He let you talk about defending sweatpants... He was there the whole time, and he waited for you to call him out. Now he's all in. He goes on. Like our dearly, dearly departed Henrik Lundqvist, I am the king. The king of sweatpants. <laughs>
0: <gun> <laughs> oh my god.
1: I do not own a pair of jeans, and outside of the one day where myself and Jeff Van Gundy switched pants in high school, I have never worn jeans. When That's I am weird. When I am sitting for hours at the table taking your money, I need comfort and jeans are the most uncomfortable piece of clothing that I've ever worn. Amen. I'd rather play pickup football in a suit than in jeans. (laughs) Say pickup football? He said pickup football. Lance is correct that I have quite a collection of soccer warm-up pants. I find they work in every social situation, the gym, casual Friday at work, a night out at the bar. Of course, I don't take my appearance very seriously. Most of my clothes have holes in them. My hair is cut by my drunk cousin, and my shoes (laughs) are falling apart. But what I do know is that you don't take a lady out to Buffalo Wild Wings on a first date. Oh my god, Seidel. You (laughs) madman.
0: You crazy man. I loved him up in the last... Classic Seidel. Had me my mouth watering about his description of sweatpants. And then slams my Buffalo Wild Wings dick?
1: Classic Seidel. That's what he's doing. He's, he's, he's never going to show his cards. He
0: said he, wear, he would wear these soccer sweatpants to casual Fridays at work. That's crazy. That's not what casual Fridays in a, <laughs> an office is. You can't wear like, these soccer pants. Well,
1: I think he does casual Fridays at the poker table. True. He's a professional <laughs> poker player, Eric Seidel.
0: That makes more sense. I mean, it's a really smart strategy by him to let us really banter it out and then it comes in over the top.
1: He's always scheming, this Seidel. My, my second fun. meal prep comes from another top Razorback, Zachary Snackery. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this on the Bracebits Instagram. I sure did. He had... I, I loved what he said. I mean, he weighed in on a few episodes. He, he had said he, he fell out of pod shape for a little bit, but now he's back. He defended you in saying that Tic Tacs are a truly unhinged snack choice. Absolutely wacko. Yep. Which Whatever. Completely unhinged. But he does agree with me. He says, also, Shake Shack is condescending. (laughs) And I I thought his description of Shake Shack was really spot on, and I'd like to share it. He said, I do like their food. It's not impossible to get a seat, and I appreciate a good crinkle cut fry. The thing with Shake Shack is that they make kids' food for adults, you know? No, no. Everything's no really, I don't know. Everything's really colorful and geometric and specifically made to photograph well, which is the equivalent of being like, we know you're going to put this on Instagram, so here you go, you little phone addict. Go ahead and take a picture of your cute little burger. Then he says, In-N-Out has enough integrity to make sloppier-looking food, which I respect. Yeah. I
0: mean, welcome <laughs> back, Sappy Snackery, but... I don't agree with any of that. I mean obviously tic tac take is unhinged. Completely agree with that, but the rest of that is is Shake Shack is just it's undeniably delicious. And you gotta go to Madison Square Park, the original location, where they're seating outdoors. The you know, unlimited seating. Go and I, there's certain shake shacks where they're cramped and tight, but I don't I don't get the condescending about it. I don't see it. But welcome back, Schnackery. Love to have you back. Get back in the pot shit. He,
1: he also says talking about the Brindle Room, which is a New York, hopefully there's, I don't know if they're still open, hopefully they have been okay in this, but he says about the Brindle Room, which he's not been a fan of before, he said the Brindle Room just feels like they'd prefer it if you weren't there.
0: Right. (laughs) Which I kind of like. I think I like these kind of restaurants that are like, they don't want you there, but the food is undeniable.
1: Yeah, there's this place, uh, Ratners on the Lower East Side, which is it's long since closed. But that's they were like famous for like yelling. Like you would order or something, and they'd be like, "You want? Why would you want that?" Make fun of you. There's, yeah, there's other like restaurants where like the waiters like root to you on purpose. Like, yeah, part of the bit. Yeah. You need that. It depends if it's if the food it, speaks for itself. If it can be pulled off, it's good. But if not, then it's obnoxious. Number. Right. Appreciate the meal prep. It's a good meal prep. Good meal prep. Should we get into our highlights? Let's do it. You want to lead off?
0: I'll lead off. I mean, this is one of the best highlights I've had in a long time. The, the inaugural Braised Bits Open. That's Lance, right. SpongeBob Square Lance, Mr. October, Phil Jackson, and myself went out golfing this past weekend.
1: That's right. The, the comedy chefs hung out IRL this past week. It was a great moment. Unbelievable. Great, great
0: day, Mr. October found the, this beautiful golf course in West Orange, New Jersey. Had insane views of the New York City skyline. We had beautiful weather, great camaraderie. We had, October's insane at golf. He was, it was fun, fun to just watch us swing. It's like, it's like an artist with the uh, the clubs. We had Phil Jackson, me and you do stand up, but I feel like Phil Jackson was the funniest one out of all of us, had us cracking up the whole time. Be able to see your calves in real life, like walking, I feel like on the back nine, your calves were really getting into it. I was able to really see him hard at work, which just took my breath away. Uh, We had had great cigars, some Sigourney Weavers. Those were very pleasant. And uh, so overall, fantastic day. Loved it.
1: Yeah, it was overall fantastic. You said everything that needed to be said there. I had a great time. It was nice to hang out. I haven't seen you in person since since the pandemic yeah. it was great to see phil jackson to meet him yeah phil jackson is everything that his predictions are <laughs> great energy high energy guy and a real energy guy yeah mesh mesh and Willwell is a good group
0: i feel like october's now is he's a top razorback october's you know, we...
1: been yeah october's been a top razorback he's not going to be as vocal sometimes as a uh well, Sadell's not vocal, but he, he yeah, October's a, a top, but he gets in the mix. Sadell wants to be
0: in the mix. He shows his cars, he keeps him to his chest, but he gets in the mix. October, he's just, he's a Sunday listener, which you love to see.
1: Yeah, Sunday listener. That was that was a good that was that was a good bit.
0: Yeah, fantastic. A lot of good bits, a lot of good swings, a lot of bad swings, but overall, just great vibes on out on the greens.
1: Yeah, it was great. Also, just pulling up there, and I had my breakfast ready to go.
0: Yeah, I was gonna. It was this was debatable to be my QAB, but I'll I'll get into it now. I, I thought this was just. You know, we talk about a lot of things on the podcast that we'd be safer to get an uprising to get do for a laugh to maybe be a little provocative. But Lance shows up with the plain, uncut bagel, plain bagel, nothing on it, uncut. Almost, and then he he like raises it to the sky to show me that he's having this bagel. It made my mouth dry. Seeing him eat it, it was, it, was, it was very QAB.
1: So what I'm wondering is that if you were going to have a plain bagel, just plain, you would prefer to cut it? Because that, <laughs> yeah. that to me is insane. I don't know why. I, if that's what you've been thinking of this entire time, then <laughs> that is literally insane. I guess I just... Th- I, I've never had... I haven't had a, probably a plain bagel since I was an infant.
0: <laughs> but I haven't...
1: <laughs> I guess I just... I didn't expect you to be taking this big old bites out of a full plain bagel. That's what you got to do because you got to get all of its substance and its texture. That's why a plain bagel itself is arguably like superior than cutting the bagel because you don't get the sense of the doughiness and the hard crunch as strong as you could. If you cut it, you limit that. You cut it, You literally cut it in half. By not doing that, you preserve the integrity of the bagel. <laughs> I I understand that now, that makes sense. But you
0: you had options to get pretty much anything you wanted from the bagel shop, right?
1: Yeah. And you went just straight up playing. I chose the number one
0: option. What did October get?
1: I'm not sure because he had it before I picked him up. Gotcha. He he was a nice I I was the driver, so he nicely offered to, to get bagels and I said Absolute you know, I, I said I, I that. said, I know what I'm having. Absolutely insanity. It's funny that
0: Seidel... Talked about having ripped clothing. You showed up in a ripped uh, polo shirt, like you just got into
1: a backyard brawl. <laughs> yeah, it was slightly ripped. Something I did not totally realize until I got there. But that's how it goes. I thought
0: that was kind of an intimidation factor, showing up with a ripped shirt, being like, "I'm here just to swallow the swallow golf balls and beat beat up my driver."
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm not a I'm not a big polo guy. I don't know if that's that comes across on the pod, but I only had two in my closet. There's a there's a bunch more at my parents in Long Island, but you know when they Paul tried, and yeah when they tried to dress me up like a, a nice a nice little boy, but the one this one was the ripped one. The other one was too small, so it lo- it looked insa- insane. I couldn't wear that one. It, it looked like I I loved it trying to fight you. <laughs> I loved it because me and you we wore short sleeves and
0: shorts, and Phil Jackson October both wore long sleeves and pants.
1: 'Cause we know we got we're, we're cooking, so we got that heat emanating from us. Exactly all the time. Got out of the city, had a beautiful day. It was country. great to get out of the city. It's yeah, yeah. fantastic. Fantastic out of the city. You know, our golf games were okay. That's the thing with golf though, you can't if you actually want to be good you actually have to play and spend yeah. the money and the time. It's I, I think it's perfect as a two to three times a year thing at yeah. this point. It did make me want to leave in there
0: and like I maybe want to like play again to get better. But then I was like, I I don't want to be, that's not really my goal right now is to get better at golf. I I had a fun day. I feel like that's good that I wanted to get better, but it's not like on my my bucket list right now.
1: Yeah, I slightly had that bug to, the bug in this club to get better and to play more. But then you realize how much money it is and you have to build your life around it. And I'm like, I'll do that when I'm 60. Yeah, we'll do the Braves Bits open every year or so. And we'll get our swims in. Yeah, with some commentary from from uh, Millionaire. I don't know if it's coming through. Oh, I wish I could open that door up. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was that was my highlight as well. I also would be remiss to to mention remiss to mention remiss to not mention. I don't know. Remiss to mention sounds right. Re Swiss oh, Miss. Swiss Miss. Missy Elliott. Wow, Ezekiel Elliott. I would be remiss to or to not to mention that Kate and I celebrated our one year anniversary.
2: Wow! Congratulations. Thank you. When was it?
1: Monday. Beautiful. Yes. What'd you guys do? Uh. Anniversarized. Yeah, anniversarized. Nice. Yeah, you know it's the pandemic. We had we did a bunch of different things over the weekend, so we said Monday. Let's just take it easy. Beautiful. The, The Eagles.
0: Take it easy. Take it easy. Congratulations. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. First of of infinity years. Big accomplishment for me.
0: Yeah. Put that on your resume. I did. For one year. I already
1: did. Congrats to you and your wife. It's on my my LinkedIn.
0: (laughs) Very, very nice. First time we've had the same highlight in a long
1: time. I don't think we've ever had the same highlight. And I don't think we ever will again. Wow, that's that's pretty deep. You don't think we'll ever have a similar highlight from another week together? I think we will. I think that's just something that the character that I play on the podcast, which is mostly me, but like 10% not me, is what was right. that was supposed to be said. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I was listening to podcasts, and like our podcast is – we're talking about this with Phil Jackson. Like our podcast is a good podcast. Sure is. And some of these podcasts are literally unlistenable. But I feel like a lot of podcasts to be like they they do characters of of like, you know, exaggerations of who they are, but it's just so brazen and, and not a brazen in like a brazen bits way.
0: Right. It's not brazen, it's brazen.
1: Yeah. I think it's tough when you get a
0: certain like following and you, and people start like then wanting you to be a certain character, you become a character of yourself. But Yeah,
1: and it's like incendiary. Yeah. It's like incendiary had a little lamb. <laughs> it's wild Minnesota yeah. who on the, uh, the WNBA finals Seattle Storm nice
0: Stormy Daniels yeah Sue Bird's on Storm right
1: she was I'm not sure if she still is I think she is
0: I saw Megan Rapinoe put post a picture of her then she must be yeah sweet sauce should we dive into top 9 order up <laughs> take it up we're doing this is a big one. This one's been I feel like in the like the walk-in freezer in the Braze Bits kitchen for a long time. Almost like too big of a list to to really dive into. I I, re, I revise my list over and over. I'm still not happy with it. In fact, I hate my list, but we're going to do it anyway. We're doing our top 9 favorite
1: restaurants. Top 9 favorite restaurants. This was one in the walk-in freezer definitely. Jesse, would you like to explain how this topic was was arrived at?
0: This was, I mean, this is, how we got to this topic, it's a moment I'll never forget. We, goes back to Braze Open, we're playing golf. Lancey and I, we decided to do a close to the pin for who, to choose, who chooses our top nine this, this week. I feel like we did, like, two shots first, and then we both, like, weren't close to the pin, so we kept pushing the next hole. And we finally, on the back nine, we reach a par three, perfect for closest to the pin. He chooses the top nine. Lance goes up first. This guy calves are beaming, calves are tight. He just has a swagger to him. You could sense that he was on a mission to get this top nine this week. Swings, he's dancing, lands on the green. Fantastic shot. The entire group is electric. Everyone's rubbing it in my face. People, I think October was like, dude, you should just leave now. <laughs> October then tells me, you know, Jesse, you're up. I wanna see you. you can't you can't just wait around. You you gotta go up. But in my so in my head, the stakes are low. I already lost. Lance had a great shot. So I, I in my head I just, I just let it rip and I, I split the difference and I landed on the green closer to the pin than Lance and got to choose this week's top
1: It was very impressive because both of us I think you probably beat me in the score, I feel like by a few strokes. But it was close. We, yeah, we were both, I think, in a similar level where it's like we hit good shots sometimes, but we pretty Couldn't much, string them together. Pretty Couldn't much never hit two good shots in a row. So we'll hit a good shot, then hit a the bad shot, hit another bad shot. And I think that shot for me was one of my best shots of the day. Yeah. and That was my best shot of the day by yeah. far. And yeah, so those were like two of our best shots of the day on the same hole. It was very... It's very nice to see. We you know it was great to the see. chefs the chef met chef meets chef.
0: <laughs> Each dish was delicious. It was more of the fact that your shot was so good that I, all the pressure was off me. I I, I was in a, a win win situation. I feel like I already lost, so I just kind of I wasn't thinking. And that's I think when I'm at my best when the steaks are low.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm at my best when the steaks are medium rare, but I see what you're saying.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I like medium rare as well,
1: but yeah. This I
0: then I think that was probably hole twelve. You then said you had to we had to say the top nine, but before the last shot on the eighteenth hole. So I was going, I was going back and forth about top nines for a while, I was stressing about it.
1: But you came up. you went into the freezer. You saw what we had, and you took this out, and you said this will be good for, for this episode.
0: Yeah, I'm excited about it.
1: So top nine restaurants. I'm happy to lead off, but you. You, is this your category? You want me to lead this off? This is all you. Get on base. So I, this is kind of how I looked at it. So restaurants, you know, Pete Wells in the New York Times goes to restaurants three times, I believe, before making a judgment.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm obviously not a restaurant critic or reviewer. I do think that whole field is a bit odd, whereas there is legitimacy to it, obviously. I think, I think reading restaurant reviews are interesting. But also to take one person's opinion of a restaurant I think can be pretty arbitrary and I think there's a lot of random factors that could influence that. Number Absolutely. one, just like the incentives of the media. Like, I think there's almost an incentive now to write a, again, talking about the, these podcasts, like an incendiary review, super positive or super negative because that's what's going to catch an attention. Yeah, I so think that was our first ever episode. We the about, day the Peter
0: Luger's review came out.
1: Yeah, Pete David Wells' Peter Luger review. <laughs> Which, Kate, by the way, uh, going back to our Top 9 Athletes episode of last week, loved your mentions of the 1990s, early 2000s Yankees. Oh, yeah. She was didn't. David Wells was not her favorite because mm-hmm. she said that he always had weirdly baggy pants. And then she <laughs> said it was almost like he was wearing sweatpants and she understands why you liked him so much. Exactly. But I love I love a baggy, especially these pictures. These
0: Sabathia were the baggiest. We used to say that they were pajama pants. I love a baggy pant on a big picture. I, lo- I love that observation. She said but she didn't shoot she wanted more of a tighter pant.
1: She said again. well she said it just looked odd because everyone else did not, you know, was wearing yeah baseball pants in the normal way people wear baseball pants and then you know, i didn't want to look worse if, if he wore tight pants you don't want <laughs> david David <Wallace> Wells <laughs> just kind of you know it looks a bit like a mess and, <laughs> yeah. and a little sloppy jalopy yeah definitely so that's fine i forgot what i was saying oh yeah so restaurant reviews. so most of these restaurants i've gone to there's two restaurants actually on here that i've only been to once but for different reasons i included them
0: That's great. I like that criteria. I was thinking about that. There's a lot of restaurants I went to once that were amazing, but you need to go at least two or three to be like, no, that's an amazing restaurant. I didn't have this unique experience.
1: There's a combination of ambiance, consistency of quality, and just getting an overall sense of feel of restaurant that you can't really get if you only go once. Yeah. I do have two that I've only been to once, but I'll explain why. This first one. I've only been to once, and I feel like we've talked about it on the pod before, and you've been here as well. This is the City Limits Diner in White Plains. Have I been there? I thought we talked about it and you've been there, but I guess not.
0: I don't think I have.
1: It must have been my other podcast. Wow. Little uh, podcast affair. Love love that. Saucy. Yeah. uh, So this is a diner. It's in White Plains and New York, which is like an hour north of New York City, and... I think this is the best version of a diner that I've ever been to by a wide margin. So they have everything a diner should be. Number one, obviously an extensive menu. Number two, when I was there and I get the sense that this is the case all the time, crowded, bustling, but there also are tables <laughs> at the same time, yeah. but it seems full. Love that. Uh, people come in, you know, kind of... You get your service. Overwhelmed staff. They still have open tables. Overwhelmed, but also competent staff. Really good food, but also diner food. Also food where you know you're in a diner. And just kind of in a location where it's simultaneously for travelers, but also locals. Which I think is the most important thing about a diner. Number one, a diner is a port in a storm. A long road trip or coming back from somewhere. But a diner is also a neighborhood haunt. And love that. I'm going to start crying, Lance. You're making me
0: emotional. Just, this is a love letter just, to my heart.
1: Yeah, just the perfect iteration of, of a diner. And it only, I only needed to be there once for me to realize that. There's been other times where we've thought about going, but it just hasn't like worked out with where we are. Gotcha. That's Fair beautiful. It.
0: That's a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah, Kate introduced now me. Now I'm inspired to go and try it out. Yeah, Kate introduced me to this diner, and I'm, I'm very glad that she did.
0: Love it. City limits diner in White Plains.
1: Yes. Put on the braised bits. Also a great name. Restaurant recommendation. Also a great name for a diner. It's great because I also do think a diner is, and this is northeast bias, obviously, but the best diner is a diner that is outside the perimeter of a city. But also, close enough to the city where it maintains the city attitude. Wow, I like that. Eloquent. It's at the city limits. <laughs> You should sell that. You should sell that for their menu.
0: I just figured out the tagline for your menu. That's maybe,
1: beautiful. Maybe. We'll see. Number eight, I got a restaurant we actually talked about, I believe, at the Braised Bits Open. This is specifically, this restaurant, it's a, it's not a chain, but they have a lot of locations in New York City. Um, this restaurant is a Peruvian restaurant called P.O.P.O.
0: We talked about this.
1: I am specifically talking about the Hell's Kitchen restaurant. So they have a number of locations. The original one is in Jackson Heights, I believe, and they now have... Phil Jackson Heights? Phil Jackson Heights, and they have enough a bunch, not enough, a bunch of locations in different neighborhoods all over the city. A lot of them are just kind of more your standard take... Like They have tables and you can eat there, but they're more almost geared towards takeout, and it's fine to eat in, but it's not necessarily an ambiance. You go into this Hell's Kitchen one, and it's simultaneously... It has almost a. It has a feel of a night out. You're going there, and there's a bar in the front. It looks almost like a club, kind of in a, some sort of ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe I just haven't been to enough clubs, but it it feels special. It feels like it's for a date or a special occasion. And then you walk through. There's some tables, and it looks like a you know a small restaurant, but fun. You walk through, and then they have this like cavernous, ginormous downstairs, unbelievable amount of space. And you say, how does this exist? In Hell's Kitchen of Manhattan, where there's no space, it's it's insane. It's you you feel like you're stumbling upon something, which is always a great feeling. I feel like for a restaurant, if they could kind of give you that element of surprise and the whole experience, right. And then to top it all off, the food is amazing. Great. They're known food, for, their, they're known their, for chicken? their chicken. known for their oh, chicken, man. and the chicken is great. And they're also known for they have this like green sauce that's unreal, and it's for the chicken, but you can put it on everything.
0: Yeah, I've heard a lot about P.O.P. I've never been there, but I've heard. Of the, I was once in a, like a taxi in Queens. The guy recommended the one at Jack's Night. Said it was amazing.
1: It's very good, and we had it actually not the not the Hell's Kitchen one, but uh, Cade, my father in law, and I had it on this past Friday, and it's it's so good. I actually was telling you there the leg was better than the the chicken leg was better than the chicken breast. Which a, it
0: takes a lot for a leg oster tag to make you say that because you said it was the most overrated piece of chicken, piece of meat.
1: A few episodes, I said chicken legs are the most overrated cut of meat because I feel like a lot of times they're not good. This chicken leg was perfect, undeniable, and yeah. it made Kate and I want to try to see if we could figure out the recipe. I'm sure it's it's guarded, like you know Fort Amanda Knox, but we'll try to find <laughs> it. <laughs> Phil from
0: Chico did a really funny thing on, on Instagram yesterday where he did like a sketch where he, he went to work at a restaurant just to get a recipe and then quit after he got the recipe.
1: <laughs> <That's hilarious. laughs> he said he wanted
0: to do that at, at the Comedy Cellar to get their buffalo wing, like sauce recipe, and then just quit after he got it.
1: That's very funny.
0: Yeah. Very nice. So that was your
1: number seven? That was my number eight. That was your number eight? Don't get ahead of yourself. I'm too fast, too furious. Cowboy. Number seven... <laughs> Is a restaurant I've talked about on the pod before. It is on the Upper East Side of New York, in Yorkville specifically. It's an East Upper East Side. It is called Arturo's, and it is your standard. Oh, a mile away. Yeah, it is your standard Italian, longer-running Italian restaurant. It's been around since 1984, I believe. Mm. So now it's been around for almost 40 years. And what I love about restaurants in general is that you can sort of tell when they open just based on the restaurant newer restaurants will have a certain look certain feel certain technology maybe you know a lot of more ipads for example certain elements of it that are more modern in 2010s and then you have restaurants even some old restaurants even might have like a phone booth or old pictures things like that so i love walking into a restaurant and understanding that it's probably been like this and, and this essence of of the time is preserved, but obviously the food and the experience is updated for for twenty twenty. In this, I mean not twenty twenty in this case because it's hard to go to restaurants. But you you know what I'm saying, right? Um, food is fantastic. The ambiance. What's, what's is your go to dish? Perfect. I guess I wouldn't love to reveal Parmesan my favorite dish, <laughs> but only because it is the veal Parmesan. Can't
0: uh, they love a good veal Parm? Yeah, yeah. You you get a bill parman at a special place and Arturo sounds very special. Exactly.
1: They yeah, it is special. They take care of it. They do have you can't fr- get it, Daddy. Uh, like a random
0: Italian spot. If you yeah. know it's gonna be good there, yeah I get it.
1: They do have shrimp frances on the menu. Love that. Throw that on a hero, give it to your dad. I don't think they'd put it on a hero. When when you go to like you know how restaurants will put out bread, right? Sure. <laughs> Did you know bread about that? you know about that? I've heard about that. I've never seen it in my own eyes, but I definitely heard about it.: They also put out olives.
0: I see that's, I love that. I'm a big olive guy. My mom and I are big olive people.
1: Yeah. And they're, it's almost like they're putting out an olive branch, letting you know that you're going to have a peaceful time.
2: <laughs> I love
1: that. The olives are great. Sometimes, particularly Kate or my father-in-law goes so much that a lot of times we get hooked up with like free desserts.
0: Love well, that's That's yeah, a
1: classic. You know, uh, a tray of cookies. We went there actually after we got engaged. We had like a family dinner in their like downstairs private area. That's a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah, the so place is, It's always going to be family.
1: Then they, they, they... it's always going to be family, and I'm that's happy right. that that's one of that was the first restaurant I went to dining outdoors in right. outdoor dining, and I mean, hopefully, I, th- they seem pretty busy relative, but just you know, you got to hope that. Restaurants well, like that could withstand. Uh, I every situation. day, I've been
0: reading about another restaurant going down. Yeah. In New York.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm so sure it's happening all over.
1: That's my uh, number seven.
0: Very nice. Well, your number nine was a diner. So is mine. My number nine is the Ridge Diner in Park Ridge, New Jersey. My local diner growing up in Northern Jersey. It like a few years ago. A few years ago, got, got updated. Like like um, the the physicality of the restaurant. They updated like how it looked. It's a lot more modern now, but it used to be a classic-looking diner. My favorite my favorite diner, probably anywhere. A lot of great memories that are going with friends and family. I remember going there during Sandy with my mom to just like hang out because it was like one of the only places open after we got gas. Um, we still had power out. Favorite thing to get there is the combo wrap. They have this wrap that has chicken fingers and mozzarella sticks. Whoa, marinara oh, my sauce. God. It's insanity. Get that in honey mustard. Wow. It is banana pudding.
1: This is too um, much. Just a
0: classic, all the, a lot of like, the classic old, sassy lady waitresses that yell at you. Got to have that. It's where I developed one of my jokes where they yell at you. There's a sign that says, please wait to be seated, and then they yell at you to seat yourself. Got to have that. They make you feel like, well, like, what are you doing standing in the entranceway? I, I love that feeling. And they like, ask you, are you ready the second you sit down? Of course we're ready. Just so good. Great shakes. Great, great everything. Always consistent. Number nine, the Ridge Diner.
1: How are the glasses?
0: Great glass. Small glasses, but but they're like the classic old school glasses.
1: Do they look sort of dirty, but they're also clean? <laughs> yeah.
0: They have like a little bit of the fog.
1: Yeah, yeah. The diner fog. <laughs> yeah. BJ you play. order orange juice, and it's like a little like shot glass of orange juice.
0: <laughs> That's great. Do
1: they have the menu with the advertisements?
0: They do. They do. It's the it's the wide open, folds in like five times inward. And you open it up. It's got the little post-it notes for the specials. A thousand different options. You can get anything there. I yeah. think my, my dad likes the meatloaf.
1: That's my creed with menus wide open. With menus wide open. <laughs> menus wide open.
0: <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. That sounds beautiful. Yeah. Great place. Always great. Always packed on the weekends. My number eight is from one local spot to another, my now current neighborhood in Astoria, on Ditmar's Taverna Kakleds. I believe there's another outlet of it in the East Village, but this is the original Tavernica Clays Greek restaurant. Hard to get into because um, it's very small. Uh, they have some outdoor city now. Um, but just like the classic Greek, great Greek salad, amazing octopus, fresh seafood, great calamari, like huge serving sizes. Just like old school Greek when you think of like Greece. I've never been to Greece, but. This, when I think of like authentic Greek food, this is the place. Um, and like, probably my number one recommended place someone comes to Astoria Tavernica Glades.
1: Uh, you're making me so hungry. You're making me thirsty. You're making me hungry. I have a nice glass of water right over here. <laughs> so I've walked by the East Village one a number of times, and I've never been interested in going because I feel like the Astoria. Why would you go to that one when you go to the Astoria one?
0: Yeah, you gotta. Have you ever been to one Astoria?
1: You gotta get out of the city. You gotta go to Astoria. Got to. I gotta take you
0: there. You would love it. Yeah, I mean, I've never been to the East Village one. It seems like a little bit more kind of like uh, corporate because this one is the opposite of that.
1: It's in a strange spot. It's like on Fourteenth and First. Basically, it's very hectic. I mean, I'm sure inside it's it's nice, but their outdoor so the dining, It's unfortunate with you know a lot of outdoor dining if you don't have a great sidewalk which how many places in new york city do yeah then it's it's could be just very there's just a lot of things happening and you you're trying to eat so they don't have the greatest outdoor setup unfortunately and even indoors i've always been like i would rather go to story i've been to telly's taverna in places great it's another great one and it was so good that i'm like oh well <coughs> when we come back and you know for, for Greek food, that's where I want to go. I almost like have that loyalty. But I don't know if I could, can I cross that loyalty? Is that, is that acceptable? I'm not I'm gonna, gonna be allowed to cross. They're definitely different.
0: Telly's Taverna is delicious. It's a little bit more modern. I feel like Taverna is more old school,
1: more okay. simple. All right. They're we'll both watch. delicious, I love Telly's Taverna. When things open back up, we'll go. Let's do it.
0: Love that. Coming from Astoria down to Florida, my number seven is a restaurant in Boca Raton, Key Grill. Just the classic seafood restaurant, Been going there my whole life, whenever we go down to Florida, usually it was once a year for a long time, haven't been there since probably since the 50s, but it's like a classic early bird place where old Jews go for early bird dinners, and it's like just always consistent, always classic, great service, great food. They do this thing where all the entrees, you choose two sides, you get two individual sides, and they have this amazing spinach berea. Which is like pretty much just cream spinach, but it's just to die for. Great seafood, consistent. The atmosphere is great. And I feel it's one of those places where in Bucharest, all these old Jews are always complaining. So like the service is just like top notch. They're prepared for any kind of like little specific request or complaint. They're just like top of the line. Key Grill, my number seven.
1: That's great. That's great. I mean, I had one that was on my list. Wasn't on my list, was on my list, wasn't on my list, was on my list. Now I'm going to take it back off my list and sub in another one because oh, I could conveniently say it now. Have you ever been to three G's? Oh, yeah. I have been to three G's.
0: I just know that name. I actually like don't. I just remember. I, I've definitely been there. Is that old? Is that like.
1: I don't think it's. kind of food is it? It's Jewish. It's like a Jewish yeah, 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 yeah. deli diner. um It's not. I, I don't know how old it is. It could be somewhat new. But based on, you know, the average age of the the diners are probably 80, it's probably 85. Yeah. And it is great. It's just great Jewish food. It's a very retired to Florida Jewish atmosphere, which is a great yeah. specific atmosphere that if you've never experienced, experience it for, for two days, that's probably enough. But Sure. Yeah. Key Grill. <laughs> Key Grill? Key Grill. It's fantastic. It's in Boca Raton yeah I feel like I must I, I'll ask my dad if I've been there I don't recall ever being there but it sounds like somewhere I've been yeah I would be surprised if you have yeah real good that was my number seven nice so that means I'm up Sipa my number six is an, the other place I've only been to once and we've both been here because I think we've talked about it before this is in Florence Italy it is called Illatini what number is this? Six.
0: That's my number six.
1: Well, should we do I mean, this that? is another
0: Bra- Braised Bits, unbelievable, any restaurants in the world, and the same number. This is, I mean, this is why we're chefs. This is why we, we cook in the virtual pot kitchen. Illatini, a restaurant in Florence that's like in like a tiny street, you have to like go through a maze to get to. It's on both of our lists.
1: Ilatini, mini, miny up. <laughs> oh Wow. So that's amazing. I uh, it makes sense why it's both on our lists. I have uh, most of my restaurants are in the New York area, but this was one that was so memorable that I couldn't not put it on there. Went with my family. We went to Rome Florence a few years ago, and Kate, my wife, had uh, studied abroad in Florence, so she it was great being there with her because she kind of like one day my parents and siblings did like a tour of Florence, and we just decided not to do it. That's We just did like our own thing. And you gotta you know, she, she's not a local, but she lived there for three months, so yeah. You, know, you have a, a sense of, of everything. And this was a place she said we had to go. And why was it a place we had to go?
0: Just the the atmosphere, the prosciutto hanging on the walls, the, the, the meats hanging on the walls, the communal dining, the no menu, they just bring out dishes upon dishes. I feel like it was known for their meat, but we I think you got you got like any kind of Italian dish.
1: So Yeah, it was just plates and plates of stuff. I mean, they just clearly, it's courses So you start with, like... Remember there was, like, Mm -hmm. a bean thing that was really good? Yeah. Different, all these different pastas and fish, I think. And then we, our, like, main thing was... They told us what the main thing was going to be before, like, in the beginning, and it was uh, Florentine steaks. Yeah. Which were great. I got sick after because I ate so much. I ate everything, and then I ate, like, like when, like, my mom didn't finish something, I ate her thing, and... It was I was about to say I, I feel it's impossible not to leave there feeling sick it was aggressive, but like even the walk there if we were we were staying on the other side of the city, so just like walking down these narrow streets, then you're yep. there. One thing that I guess would be a knock of it is that I wonder the second time I feel like the second time it wouldn't be as good maybe, and you might start to see clearly there's a lot of tourists right yeah I don't know if it's i wouldn't i don't know if it would be qualified as a tourist trap, I feel like no, but you, you know, you would you would start to look at it more like a regular. And I, I feel like that's the type of place that the best experience might be the first experience. Right. Because you're also just so wowed by, like, I mean, I can't think of many restaurants that I've been to that kind of just bring out courses like that, too. Yeah. It no, doesn't, it's not. not really an American thing, I feel like. We went to one during our honeymoon. We went to a similar style place in uh, P- Positano on the Amalfi Coast. And it was it was just me and Kate, and I feel like those types of restaurants are better when you're with a large group. You need a bigger group, absolutely. But it was not remotely in the same league, we both thought, it, as uh, as Illatini. Illatini
0: is just unbelievable. I actually, the first time I went there, I went there twice. I've been to Florence twice. I went first with my family and another family. And that was part of the better experience. The first time experiencing it, it was like magical and getting so much food, and then I went actually the second time with one of her pod nemesis, and I whack over, it. which it wasn't a whack experience, but he's not a pod nemesis, but he's a pod nemesis. He's whack.
1: We'll see if he's listening.
0: Whack G, if you're listening, I, I haven't heard about, I haven't heard some feedback from Whack in a while, but we we had an amazing time, absolutely phenomenal. His sister, I believe, studied in Florence also, and that was one of her favorite places, just like. The whole thing the walking there the the atmosphere the things hanging on the wall how they treat you it's just it's just a special thing leaving there so full
1: yeah how do you recommend i remember the food being really really good but that's a place the type of place where the experience is so strong that they yeah. could actually afford to have like some food that's a little not amazing yeah i, I actually looked it up
0: because i've forgotten exactly the name and i looked up some of the reviews on like, on Yelp and TripAdvisor aren't that great. It's not as, high, not as great as I thought they'd be.
1: I could see because there's probably a lot of expectations built in. And yeah, it's, it's expensive. It, yeah, I mean, I didn't pay for it, so I might have different feelings. I mean, it reminds me of, in some ways, a, a restaurant that I thought about putting on my top nine, but I didn't, Sammy's Romanian Steakhouse. Heard about which, this place. Never been. Yeah, it's crazy that you've never been there, but the food is legitimately not good. And it's expensive, but the experience is so unbelievably amazing and like, yeah. strong that it could get away with it. Right. Which is, which is fine. Which is yeah. great. Yeah. You're not going there for the food, which if you're a restaurant and you can pull that off, that's... I mean, unless you're like a kid's restaurant. If you're like Mars 2112, but that's, that's <laughs> Wow, Mars that's, tw- Wow. I, <laughs> that's so funny you brought that up. Mars 2112. Yeah, it's my number one. Is it? No, <laughs> that's out of this world. I'm kidding.
0: Yeah, I was a, When I, I went there with my family once on the way back to the car, my mom got hit by a car.
1: Jeez.
0: Have I talked about that on the podcast? No. Not a great experience. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. But she ended up being okay. I got to. I ra- I rode in the front seat of the ambulance, and the guy let me press the
1: buttons. All right. You have to press the buttons in the ambulance. That, that's a. Yeah, you know, I guess a. But it was, it, was, it was. almost a ambulance.
0: I I was. I was crying.
1: Yeah, it doesn't sound like a great experience. It was horrific. So my number <laughs> five <laughs> is actually in Venice Beach, California. It is Superba Food and Bread. And nice. they have Superba Food and Bread. It's a good name for a restaurant. That And this is a – I believe they're open all day, but I've gone for breakfast twice. I've only been there twice, but, and it was on the same trip. We stayed in an Airbnb close by. We went for breakfast one day. And I got this like egg kale sandwich. And still to this day, it's the best egg sandwich I've ever had in my life. Wow. Perfectly salted. Like the bread was obviously amazing. The egg was perfectly cooked. Kale, they they had some sort of sausage on it, which I don't remember what it was. But it was just worked unbelievably well as a sandwich. And then the environment was like, there aren't many of these, I feel like in on the West Coast more so than the East Coast, there are restaurants that are more geared towards breakfast. Sure. this train in the background wants to wants to come yes, the amtrak jeez louise <laughs> um it's just like like the the restaurant had so much natural sunlight, and it was the tables were were far apart, but they weren't too it was a like good spacing. A restaurant. People there seemed pretty LA in the sense that they were like working at an LA restaurant, but they were also good. That you know, the atmosphere and ambiance was was strong, and it was so good. We decided to go back a few days later. Wow! And you know, and actually, no, we decided to go back. We were in L.A. Then we left L.A. and then we decided to eat there for breakfast before we went to the airport on our last day. That's how good it was. I it had was good. Want to get one last bite? Yeah, had to go back. And both times it was tremendous. We one time we sat outside, which was great. One time we sat inside, and even though you're inside, you're still getting like a lot of light, and the experience isn't lessened by where you sat, which I think is huge in restaurants. A lot of restaurants, if you're in a certain area of the restaurant, it's amazing. If you're not, it's awful. Sure. And. Our last time we were sitting next to we couldn't figure out who it was. It was an actor talking with an agent and it was clear that the the actor was talking about all this all these things that he was interested in doing and the agent like left after a while and clearly the agent like didn't think this actor was one of his like big fish clients but it sounded like the actor was thought he was like no at, it seemed like at one point he was a big deal but now wow. not so much And we didn't want – neither of us wanted to look – he was wearing sunglasses, but neither of us wanted to, like, look over to stare at him because it seemed like not the right move. So we've always kind of wondered who who that was. Maybe it was Johnny Drama. Could have been Johnny – it didn't sound like Johnny Drama, but it could have been. That's also the key of a
0: great restaurant. The people watching, the people that go to the restaurant, your ability to, like, some kind of eavesdrops, but but it's not obvious – I love that. It makes part of the atmosphere.
1: Yeah. When Kate and I go to a restaurant, we always love to Adam and Eavesdrop. <laughs> Gotta have that. Gotta have it. So that's my number five. My number four is my hometown Chinese restaurant called Lotus East. They changed names and actually I'm not sure if they're still open. They might have closed, but now it's like a different it's not the same restaurant as it as it had been. But this restaurant I always thought was really good growing up. And it was really my first introduction to non-Western food. It is Cantonese in style. Just like great wonton soup. Like I remember getting like the wontons and like being just so fascinated by how good they were. Um, you had the the fried wontons also, which oh, yeah. I always loved. Um, Those crispies. Crispies. You had sesame chicken. Get, like, um, beef and broccoli. Would this be a place of, you usually take out from, or would you, we would, you ever It sit would be with? both. So, th- this is also another criteria of my restaurants. You, I'm talking about going in. So, we took out a fair amount, but we also went there. We went there a few times during Christmas Day. Uh, you know, it was, like, the, the most crowded it ever was was on Christmas Day. Right. They also had the fish tanks with the gigantic fish all over. Oh, yeah. Which... Love you, that. You got to love... Um. A big old tank with some big old fish. Oh, you gotta love the big old fish! In the front, they had, I believe, lobster. Um, yeah. You know, and if you ordered lobster, I guess they would take one of take one of the lobsters. Um, shrimp with uh, black bean sauce. Remember being very wow, good. The BB. Yeah. Braised bits. <laughs> Braised bean sauce. Yeah, oh, and man. now I'm they're making me up. When you went with a lot of people, they would serve uh, everything on. Lazy know, Susan? Yeah, Lazy Susan. Love a Lazy Susan. Yeah. Him. Gotta give so it to So went there kind of throughout the years and always loved the food. And it was really, I mean, what I really liked about it, it was an introduction to a to a different culture. And, yeah. you know, you had that in certain restaurants growing up, but they were all Western pretty much. So it's all somewhat similar. This was a totally different thing. And I always remember, like, really I think the food was amazing and being like, oh, there's – the way that, like, food is done is not the way. One way. Like, yeah. Right. Um, would you guys be on a, a –
0: typically, like, a Sunday Chinese or would be any day of the week?
1: It would be um, – yeah, it would be going out. Usually I think we went on a few Sundays a lot of times. So it would be, like, if we just got back from vacation or something, right. we would go um, – but yeah, it was it was definitely in the rotation of like places that like my parents would order in from, but then every now and then we would go out.
0: Right.
1: Very nice. I I'm myself am a big Lotus Westman. Nice. I'm a yeah. Lotus East.
2: Yeah.
1: They also had like these are like sub, a suburban restaurant where it was like clearly a house at one point. <laughs> yeah. And then like you you, yeah. you there's a parking lot in the back where there weren't that many parking spaces. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like very it was a very distinct I mean, a like, similar Chinese place in my yeah, neighborhood also yeah like that
0: yeah that's hilarious they, so, the, the, that was your number four
1: that was my number four
0: beautiful my number six as we said was Illetini. I feel like we both got into it if you're ever in Florence check it out it's uh, for the experience alone it's top notch uh, my number five is White Manor I feel like I've talked about it in the podcast it is a place in Hackensack. It's like a little. I think it fits at least like at max ten people. Known for they only have cheese, these sliders that are unbelievable. Sliders, fries, onion rings, and probably shakes is all they serve. There's one guy on the griddle, and you like seat, You sit around the guy cooking, guy or a girl. So you have to like watch them cook and watch like the process of making the sliders. Just the most. Juiciest, the, the way they, I think they steam the sliders, like with the onions. The whole process is insane. Mouth watering Me and Phil Jackson went there the first day he got his license. We drove to White Manor. Incredible. Always feel sick leaving there because you get too many sliders. But you go for the atmosphere also of like, you're, you're, there's no menu and there's like no waiter. So you, the person cooking just goes like, who's next? Kind of an honor system of whoever who got there at what time. Um, you love that. I just makes my mouth with water thinking about it. Number five, White Manor.
1: Wow. I wanna to go to Mana Del Rey. You should. <laughs> Get I like Mana Del
0: Rey. Del Rey, Florida. Del Rey. Florida. I feel like it's the original White Castle. It's it's like the OG White Castle.
1: It sounds really good. It reminds me of a place I used to go to not too super often, but on the Lower East Side kinda of by me. It's called Mikey's. It was like a burger place where it's like a griddle and it was by local 138 i don't know if mm-hmm. you ever remember it but yeah, so. it's like a griddle and it just like had like kind of i feel like burgers in the style that you're talking about but that just yeah. sounds place that's making good burgers like that harder and harder to find very hard and
0: and especially with that kind of uh just setup of like it doesn't fit that many people i'm pretty sure they're cash only there's not like it's not you're, you're gonna be waiting at least it's gonna be like a much longer experience, and you can eat the food in like ninety seconds. And which like
1: you're eating, you're eating alone, but you're also eating together. Kind to of the <laughs> Exactly. Thing. I exactly. almost didn't make my top nine, but almost did B and H Dairy in the East Village. The place is great. Yeah. Love that place. It sound is is the setup somewhat similar to that?
0: Uh, a little bit. It's more of like in a circular where it's like wrapped around. The, uh, the griddle.
1: It's similar to that
0: and, and that tightness and you're like brushing yeah. into people non-stop.
1: You gotta love that. There's a place in LA called the Apple Pan which I think is similar. I think they, it's like burgers and stuff like that and you're like, kind of around this like it's almost like a recta uh, square. Yeah. But you gotta love it. It's almost like an old, it's a it's a style of dining that's lost to time. Now people like like to order things automated and, right. and uh, not talk to anyone but also not like be next to anyone. It's just you know not great, so certain, not great.
0: certain circumstances I want to do that, but I love these throwback kind of places, yeah. It's to, undeniable, uh, they are undeniable. All right, coming in at number four, Quattro is my favorite Chinese restaurant, Shunli Palace in Manhattan. There's two of them, I believe, one by Columbus Circle and one Upper East Side area, like 57th Lex. My favorite is one on Lex, um, fancier upscale Chinese. But they just had the classic, the best wonton soup I ever had. The best, this house special fried rice is insane. Uh, they have slippery chicken, un- unbelievable, it's slippery, can't get your hands on it. They have an orange beef that's incredible. Just the overall service, it's fantastic. They, they put down these noodles with duck sauce and spicy mustard that are increíble. Just a lot of me- a lot of family memories there. Going there on Christmas with my family, just top of the line. Incredible scene. I saw Woody Allen there with his babysitter, aka his wife. That was, that was a good time. Um, I feel like I've seen some other celebrities there. I can't remember, but that's just, just a lot of good memories there. Shunley Palace highly recommend it. Never had it.
1: Shunley Palace in Wonderland. It is a that's, Wonderland. That's you. It is. It's magical. You ever been there? I've never been there, but it, it. I mean. You've sold top of the line.
0: It's also a type of restaurant where you order, you share everything, but they div- divvy it up each plate. You don't serve yourself, They'll give you your own portion. Okay.
1: Defense. Okay. Yeah. I-, I can do that. Fantastic. Yeah, this, this is just one of these episodes that are making me very hungry.
0: Devour these with your eardrums first, Brazier backs, and then go out and get a nice meal.
1: Yeah, definitely don't be drinking a while. Don't be doing a devour hour. You don't want that. You don't want that. You're going to be hungry. Yeah. So my number three is a family-style Italian restaurant in Huntington, New York on Long Island called Piccolo Bussola. Pickles? Tommy Pickles. Piccolo Bussola. Piccolo Bussola. It is – I'm pretty sure it's still there. It is a restaurant that we used to go to every Christmas Eve with my grandma who like lived by there and we would pick her up and we would go there. And like, like I remember, I would wear like sweaters because it was like we like. I guess my parents were like, we should dress up, and it was you know just it was my it was my first introduction to a family style Italian restaurant, and what a way to be introduced! The type of place that had like a bar area in the front, and they would have TVs, and people would be watching the Jets and like yelling about the Jets. Yeah, and then love that. Like, but then you'd go into the main. Dining area and it felt like more formal. Sure, it was like there's this place for the TVs and drinking and yelling about the Jets, and then there's a place for like, place I mean, it was formal. Really Buckle down. Was, yeah, people were buckling down, but they were still, you know, it had that Italian flair. So people weren't like stiff and rigid formal. It was more just like no TVs, TV Long off tables, like people people yeah. having lively conversations. Love the type that. of place you had to go with you have to go with a large group, sure. or at least you know, at least like four or five people. And just great. Like I would, I mean, I was, we went to this place probably every year from when I was like four or five years old to maybe like 16 or 17, 18. And I was very picky either when I was little. And my parents would always order for, I think me and my sister, uh, like pasta with butter. And they would come out with this heaping mound of, you know, because everything was family style. So they had right. to do it as a family style portion. So I just remember being over the moon with how much pasta with butter. And then the way they probably put so much butter in it that it had like that butter soup yep. at the bottom. Oh, man. And oh, man. it was just like one of the favorite things of all time. What's better than that? Just melted butter? Nothing better than that and i don't remember any of the other dishes and i'm sure they were really good as i got older and i ate them but i just like but
0: there's the signature pasta <laughs> of butter thing; you can't be beat
1: yeah and just that whole experience again kind of now like an older kind of I like guess almost like a sopranos era italian obviously i don't think there was mob stuff happening there but like that time of of uh of america like, sure you never know you somebody know, got whacked back there I don't think so, but, you know, Italians, like, not speaking any Italian, but still having a lot of the cultural mannerisms and and things like that, which I think is, as we talked about, it's like less and less now than it was even 20 years ago. Absolutely. So, gotta love it. Gotta have it. That was my number three. My number two, I think you're going to be surprised that this is my number two, it is Chow House. Chow House.
0: Wow, I thought you said this is your number
1: one. It is my number one for this list. It's my number two. Wow, because I go there so much that you can go there for. I've been there for specialish occasions. I've, I've taken my parents there for my birthday before, and I took when I told, picked my groomsmen for my wedding. I took them all there. Um, oh, I never got the invite. You never got the invite, really. Um, I really actually took them there just because I wanted to like go with a lot of people so I could get stuff. Get more things. Yeah, exactly.
2: That's a smart decision.
1: Yeah, smart decision. But so I have been there for special occasions, but I've been there also so much normally that to me, it doesn't as much have like, you're only going here for something special or something, you know, it's, it's, it's an event. It's because you're also,
0: you are at the lantern so often, I feel like that just being on that block. Being so on that block, takes I mean specialty.
1: I I I would have it at least once a week, sometimes more. Right. So so often, I mean, it's still amazing. So Chow House for it's a restaurant in Greenwich Village, Chinese restaurant, Sichuan food, just like such high quality, delicious. Chinese food. Very spicy. If you like spicy stuff, there's some stuff that that is not spicy, but just like really well done. The experience is tremendous. The it's very well run. I've become friends with the owner. Nicest guy. Everyone there is super nice. And it's like well it's welcoming, but it's also authentic. Like they're sticking to kind of what they're trying to do. They're not gonna like comp they're not gonna for instance, they're not gonna make anything less spicy. So it could cater to like a more American palate, for example, their whole thing is we're going to cook this food in a way that's kind of, I wouldn't say it's elevated. It's just like, just really, really good, really high quality, good ingredients, a lot of healthy stuff. And just like everything I've had there, I've been either impressed by or just like blown away and can't get enough. I mean, I'm there all the time. We're the number one customer. You should get the the Chow House Black Card. I haven't gone as much now because it's you know it's there they are back you, open right? but it's you, you did know. that trick, didn't you walk there and I walk did back. walk there and walk back once yeah. Chow down. Yeah, I might house go now. Chow. Now that indoor dining, I'm not. I don't know how I feel about it totally, but that would be a place I would I would just go to and eat indoors. Yeah. Because they don't have they only have like the after eating situation isn't great. Gotcha but just
0: like yeah
1: i, I never sat down there I, I once sat at the bar in between
0: spots and i got a soup in a dish and it was fantastic yeah I
1: mean, it's I, also it's also now actually i mean before all this it was like when it first opened it was always amazing but you could go in there and get a seat but progressively it's like if you try to go on a friday you're not going to you're not going to be able to get in there. yeah yeah it's very good it's 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 the reput- like the quality of the food has has slowly like elevated the popularity of the restaurant to now or at least before the pandemic it was you literally couldn't get in unless you like went in and off time you know if they do delivery they do delivery well, Wow, but the, the thing is the, the thing is is that some like mapo tofu for example is not going to hold up yeah. as well in delivery well, i think a lot of the dishes are just better when you have them right there a lot of the fish stuff for example right so some of the stuff will be okay. Like when we've gotten delivery, we made sure to get stuff like they have a, um, three pepper chicken. Uh, three it's feet. like, yeah, that's, that kind of travels well. Yeah. Fried rice travels well. Yeah. Like wonton soup travels well, uh, certain vegetables. I always like to get this eggplant with garlic sauce. It's better when you have it there, but it travels. Okay. Oh man. My, my stomach's bubbling. Yeah. Bubble, uh, bubble Watson. Very nice. And, my number one... Oh, boy. a lot of hype here.
0: This is more than... This
1: is your favorite restaurant over the shop. It's my third Italian restaurant on the list, and it's... I feel like it's probably the fusion of my other two, Arturo's and Piccola Bussola. Talked about it before. It's in Williamsburg, but if you walked in there, you would not think you're in Hipster Williamsburg, because you're not. It is a restaurant that's been there since 1900 called Bomonti's. Bomonti's? Bomonti's. Bomonti's. Never been. It's pretty close to... You ever do comedy at Muchmore's? Hold on. Beaumonti's? B-A-M- B-A-M-O-N-T. I have. I have talked about this
0: place. I've, I, I walked past this place. I went into the bar. Never actually sat down and had a meal there, though.
1: Just, I think, the pinnacle of Italian-American dining, which, as we've talked about, is one of the top foods, especially where we grew up and live in the, the Northeast, especially New York. It's just waiters wear tuxedos it's like there's there's a sense of like class that i feel like you don't get in in dining too much with relatively reasonable prices so it makes you feel special the environment is jovial can can con, convivial that's not a word convivial viable covid covid <laughs> um one time when i went there it was this guy's 80th birthday and it was literally a table of 30 people and this like band came in and started playing italian music for that's awesome. 20 minutes just blocking all the waiters like everyone <laughs> was like not bothered by it food that's is scary. very good <clears throat> um i've had these like hot peppers there that are among some of the spiciest things i've ever eaten which is a huge plus for me i've had like kate's gotten spaghetti and meatballs there which is like you know it sounds like a like a basic order but it's like the best spaghetti and meatballs i've ever had. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've heard they're known for the red sauce. Yeah. Um I I've, I've gotten i don't know if i've gotten veal parm there. Um but everything i've had there i've i've been impressed. It's like another place that like and i think reviews kind of indicate that like the food might not be as good as as the it's experience. But i've never i've always thought the i was kind of expecting the food not to be as as good the you know the first time i went there and and it is and um now I've gone there a bunch of different times, usually like a somewhat special occasion. We last went there uh, for Kate's birthday. Nice. And it's like a birthday slash relatively – if if we lived in the neighborhood, I mean it's, it's, it's not a – it's not cheap. You know, the entrees I think are like $25 to $35 range. So yeah. it's not a restaurant you could go to all the time. But maybe if you lived in the neighborhood, you would go more often. But – I hope we this kind place of like, sticks around post-pandemic. I, I think, I survives. mean, they've been. Around, I'm pretty sure they own the building. I mean, they have to own the building. They've been around since 1900. They have a parking lot, so they could sell the parking lot if they really needed to. I mean, you've got to love a place in Williamsburg that does valley parking. That's that's special. And, yeah, I mean, you get the sense that the clientele, it's also, it's also a place, and this is what great restaurants do, is that, especially now with the world as polarized as it is, or the our country as polarized as it is, there's clearly, when I've been there, a combination of like big Trump supporters and you know big Trump haters, uh, and all under one roof, eating all red, under one red roof, sauce. kind of bonding over over one red sauce. Um, and that stuff is like, yeah, you know, that stuff's what it is. But it's like put aside. Not that people are like talking about political issues and coming to a compromise, but it's like. It's nice to be a place that's not about any of that. It's just like about Yeah, that we area. can all agree on one thing. Yeah. This meatball is delish. Yeah, and they got like a lot of, you know, kind of artifacts, pictures, phone booth. You know, it's a it's a long running, old time place. Yeah. I remember, I think I just
0: randomly walked past it because I was going to Muchmore's, that stand up place venue. And I just, I had time and I went in it and like, just an amazing atmosphere. I think the bartender like yelled at me when I got in, like, what? Are you eating? Are you sitting? Are you staying?
1: The best the best is you gotta call to make a reservation. You know, they're not on like Resi or sure. any of that. And then one time I call and the guy answers like Pomontis <laughs> <laughs> He's like he's like And then he's like seven PM. Love it. Yeah. I wonder if my parents have
0: been there. I'm sure they would love it.
1: Yeah, my parents have been there and we've taken them there or they've you know, <laughs> they they've taken they've paid for it, but um my dad is, likes it, and he's not an easy customer. Wow. That's not the
0: kind of place that you go and do and ask for a shrimp franchise hero. They probably throw you no, in No, he,
1: he even knows to not ask for a shrimp franchise hero. Sure. Cereal.
0: Yeah. Very nice. Someone's locking their door. I'm going to lock up my number three is Nick and Tony's restaurant in East Hampton, New York. Sounds like a, like an Italian restaurant, but it's more Italian-Mediterranean flair in like a farmhouse setting kind of thing, but it's pretty fancy. But it has my favorite dish. It has this chicken dish that is my favorite chicken in the world. It's incredible. I don't know how they do it. It's like it's roasted, but it's crispy. It's got these. It's got pancetta, p- potatoes. Just um, insane chicken. But everything there is good. Everything is like pretty much farm to table. Very like local, fresh ingredients. They got these zucchini fries that are insane. And and the atmosphere is the best atmosphere in any restaurant. Probably the most celebrities I've ever seen in any kind of restaurant. I've seen Lauren Michaels there, Paul McCartney, uh, Harvey Weinstein, hashtag me too. Saw him there, dined next to him. That was an experience. Just absolutely insane. Great service, but they it's also a restaurant where they, they like take their time. It's going to be like a two-hour, two hour and a half uh, our meal of like so it's like they, they they don't rush out the food which I like the in between courses they let you uh, digest a bit which I appreciate amazing olives and oil and bread they put out can't beat that. Plants is my number three, Nicotones.
1: I think I've been there before. Really? Yeah, I think we're in the Hamptons like was like four or five years ago, and I'm pretty sure. It's around for we a long for time. Dinner. Yeah. I don't know. And they for have sure. everything. They have great
0: seafood. They have steak. It was it's like, like a, yeah, dish.
1: it was like we went it was like a nice restaurant in like a, yeah. in like a house like an old house
0: yeah, pretty much
1: yeah. I mean, I guess there's a few of those types of places, but I want I'll find out if, if that's where we we went. Yeah, just, it, it reminds me nice. of just the summertime. It's just fantastic. Yeah, if it's that same place, I mean, I remember the meal being very good. I don't remember what I got, but yeah, yeah, it's really they have
0: like a, a pizza oven in the back. I think they have some pizzas on the menu, but like.
1: It's, just it's a, not a place where you, you, you can get pizza, but it's like there's a lot of better. There's some bigger yeah, fish to fry. Exactly. And they use the oven to like Especially make bread and other things. The seared halibut. Exactly. Halibut nope. Bill Burr. No if-ends or halibuts. <laughs> halibut crusher. It, absolutely
0: delicious. <laughs> I, I think we also saw Colin Powell there. and There's like Secret Service around. So I saw, I think my parents saw Oprah there. Unbelievable. They got a free ice, free car and ice cream.
1: Free car and free ice cream because Oprah was giving out free car and ice cream. Yeah. That, was, that yeah. was criticism of you. Yes. That criticism, I think, is almost like a little bit cartoonish. It's like uh, it's like <laughs> Beavis and Hella <Hallibutthead. laughs> It's strong.
0: Real strong. Well, my number two is similar to you. your number two. might be surprising... I expected Childs to be your number one. You might have expected this to be my number one, but it's my number two, Plants Carmines. Carmine. I've talked about this on the podcast since episode one. I just, I don't know where to start. The way you described your Italian place, your number three, the Piccolo? Yeah. Very similar, but probably more obnoxious of serving sizes and just overall, atmosphere. It's very similar where it has that bar up front. I'm thinking of the one on the Upper West Side. There's also a Times Square location. But the Upper West Side is the original. It has like a bar downstairs where there's TVs, more of like Jets fans watching games. Then you go upstairs to this huge dining area where it's more long tables, families gathering, celebrations, positive, loud atmosphere. Just like insanely huge portions, but the quality. Is also insane. The roller wings I've talked about—it's my favorite chicken parmesan. Everything is extremely garlicky, over the top garlicky. The Caesar salad is probably my favorite Caesar salad. Very garlicky, very anchovy. The bread basket has got this pizza bread. You can't beat it. The dessert—they give you a Titanic of like ice cream sundae. It's literally called the Titanic. It's—I'm uh, an iceberg. I'm gonna take it down. I had taken it down. I've had amazing birthday meals there, anniversaries. My first wife, I took her there with the kids. haven't
1: seen them since. But My number two is caramel. Wow. I mean, my heart will go on, but it's going to be tough. What a what a sell. I'm in. Dip, dip me into everything, especially all the garlic. You, you can't beat it. You really, it's just... Well, I guess you can beat it because you got one more. I think I know what it is, but let, well, I'll let you finish.
0: So my favorite... Just type of restaurant is a steakhouse. I got steakhouse, then Italian is number two. So my number one is my favorite steakhouse. It's Keen's on thirty fourth, 36th and 5th and near Herald Square. Keen's Steakhouse. The atmosphere, there's it's lined. The ceiling is lined with old cigar pipes. Again, every single inch of the ceiling is insane. Just an old school steakhouse. They put down a... Put down, when you sit down, a like basket of celery, and carrots, and blue cheese, which I feel like you don't really get most, I've never gotten anywhere else as like an an opening. They put like a bread basket, and then celery, and carrots, and blue cheese. The steak is the best quality steak I've ever had. Always good. The sides are insane. They have some amazing hash brown. That's incredible. Great cream spinach. The martinis are big. Oversized steakhouse martinis. The service is insane great atmosphere they have a nice bar also always packed uh, yeah kings i don't know what what's the say. number one
1: yeah so i i, I thought this was going to be your number one cuz it's in like it's an event to go there cuz i'm sure you can't really go you're not going to go there on a tuesday right not that well, you're going to Sometimes go, i would go there if my dad and i are going to a Knicks game yeah, okay. before
0: yeah yeah but it was like an event it was yeah. like you go there
1: once or twice a season yeah and yeah, I, we've talked about this a lot. Steakhouses are great. It's just not, unfortunately, it's not a. I think there's so much good types of restaurants out there. I almost feel like I have to pick a steakhouse in New York that I'm going to frequent often. The only like high quality one I've been to is Peter Luger, and I thought it was fantastic. And I'm like, well, this is good enough for me. I don't. It's almost like I don't want to. I don't want to cheat on my steakhouse.
0: Right, it's a different, Peter Luger's
1: is also, it's a whole different experience.
0: It's not, it's like, I don't know, how to, it's it's much different
1: than Keen's, but they're both, the quality of meat is insane. Yeah. Well, Peter Luger is almost styled more, I think, like, a, not like a German beer garden, but it's it's German. And I think yeah. you get that, it's like, I mean, I don't know what Keen's is like, but like, it's not as, um, maybe not as formal. I mean, it's formal, but.
0: Peter Luger's not as yeah, formal. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would, yeah, I would definitely like to go one day. But I also do feel like, in the dreamland that is the restaurant, you know, that hopefully will continue to be the restaurant world. Steakhouses are um, it's it's one of Very, many types of, of great restaurants. So right and it's a great birthday restaurant. Yeah, it's a great celebration. There, there's place. a restaurant that I it was in um, Ugly Delicious. David Chang's Netflix. I think it's like. World for Charles Prime Rib, maybe. Yeah, I've never been uh, there. Heard about it. Just from yeah, that's like the one I want to go to, like when everything is all good and you know we you could enjoy a night out at like a sure. high quality restaurant. That's like the steakhouse that as of now I would I would want to go to. But you gotta gotta you know I'm keen on trying Keens too.
0: You would love Keens. I think you would love the atmosphere. I, I think the Fort Charles place. My sister had been there. I think it's gotten a little bit too hipster or popular now. Perfect. I know, not now, but before, where Perfect. she had like, I think they had like a 10 p.m. reservation. They didn't sit her till like midnight.
1: Perfect for me. <laughs> you know, I'm a big hipster. I do know that. Well, great list. Yeah.
0: Great tap nines. Great golf shots.
1: Great golf shots. I got, I'm going to read now Phil Jackson's predictions of what he guessed were your favorite restaurants. It's great, oh, to, great to meet Phil Jackson Also great to get his predictions. Sure. Phil Jackson, as always, led off with a nice, really novella. He says, (laughs) What a week for predictions. Swinging for the fences this past Saturday only confirmed one solid fact from my perspective, and that's that my triangle offense does not work on the golf course. (laughs) nonetheless it always works at the table the table where we break bread and hold court over various hot topics buzzing in our collective subconscious (laughs) to say that i've enjoyed a few restaurants with our sweet-footed comedy iron chef is a vast understatement we've bonded over breaking bread for quite some time so this week ensures a juicy result i don't expect to knock them all out but I have a strong hunchback of Notre Dame on a few. Nice. My predictions. What an are, intro, <laughs> Phil. My predictions are heavily New York City, but to be honest, that's where my heart lies. So <laughs> <laughs> all we can ask for is honesty, Phil. So he's got the Mecca, aka Carmine's. Bang. White, White mana. Love that. Lexpress. It's a great get. <laughs>
0: Just, I love a, I love the random guesses. It's, a good, it's a,
1: that's a great restaurant. Is that the one in like I the, used to the, live by? There the twenties like open twenty four hours. The twenties on the uh, east side. Yes, the twenty second and Lex. So I went there once when I do. Remember the East Village gas explosion in like two thousand fifteen? So I lived like literally a block away from there. I was in my oh, apartment shit. when it happened, and uh, it was wild. But anyway, we couldn't sleep in my apartment that night. So I slept with my brothers who lived like clo- kind of close to where L Express is. Yeah. And I woke up early with my my roommate at the time. We both slept there, and we went there for breakfast because like we couldn't. We had like nowhere to eat before sure. we going to work, so we had this like kind of nice breakfast at like six thirty in the morning before we both went to work. It felt like we were like power businessmen. It was kind of cool. That's crazy. Yeah, it's the only it's crazy I've you went there been for there. breakfast. I've only been there like at. Past midnight. Because it was the only restaurant that was open. I don't know. Yeah. Like, it for whatever reason, like we couldn't find a diner that was close by. That's wild. Yeah.
0: It, that's a great... I love that guess. but And that's a great restaurant. It's one of the few restaurants that it's like a... It's not a diner, but it's open 24 hours. It's a and it has like surf self. Yeah. It's a, it's a bistro de Francais. And I think it was Francais. designed or it was made for
1: people who went to clubs and for them to like go there after the club that early in the morning. Sense. That makes, that makes sense. The Polar Express. Nice. Keens, he's got. Bang. Jeez Louise, Phil. Momo Fugu Sambar.
0: Wow. That's definitely in my top 20. On 13th and 2nd, unbelievable food. I've had some like the most craziest food combinations. It's also David Chang's restaurant. Would go there with uh, my Kickles and Cream co-producer, CAC, after some shows. Very special place. Great pork buns.
1: I've never been there, but I've always wanted to go. I've been to the other one close by, The I guess the original.
0: Yeah, the noodle bar.
1: But it's a little different,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah. This one, they have a lot, a lot of different things. Always like different kind of dishes. So good. Then he's got the Smith. <sighs> that is the last comic standing of, of guesses. The <laughs> yep. Sm- I, I like the Smith probably in 1985. Like, I, it's, it's one of those places where like... My sister, it's a great brunch place to go. I've had too many bad experiences now that outweigh the good. I understand the guests. It's a classic place. One positive thing about the Smith is they give you, when you sit down, they give you a bottle of seltzer and a bottle of of tap water, which is nice. I guess they have a bubble machine. But the Smith to me, it's just, it's it's became, it's became too popular and too uh, mainstream.
1: Yeah, to me, the Smith, and I don't say this lightly. I, I feel like you know, like basic, like basicness. Yeah, it's like the pinnacle of that. Exactly. The, food, the food is fine, but it's not particularly good, and it's like no. expensive and the way the, the atmosphere. It's it's makes it seem like it should be better. It's a bad. It's just a bad atmosphere. Bad guest, yeah. bad atmosphere. Philly yeah. should be ashamed. Then he's got Katz's Deli. Nice guest. Love that. Love, Love the Katz's. Cats. Love Katz's, but it's 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 a whole thing. That's why it I is a whole know. thing. Then the bonus, he's got Charlie Brown's.
0: Another, that's a great local diner by where we grew up. I was, I was thinking about Charlie Brown's, but to me, the ridge outshines Charlie Brown's. Pretty sure Charlie Brown's, actually, my mom mentioned that they're going out of business, the ones in my so neighborhood.
1: Are you talking about it's like Charlie Brown's Steakhouse? No, Charlie Brown's Diner, I believe. Okay, because there's like a Charlie Brown's Steakhouse chain that I guess is in, around the country that I've, I've uh, broken bread with Eric Seidel. At Charlie nice. Brown's Steakhouse. I thought that's what he was referring to. I but think I he's referring so. to the diners. Pretty sure. Charlie Brown. I never really watched Peanuts. I mean, obviously.
0: I'm, I read the cartoons.
1: Yeah. It was on TV when I was a child, so obviously I did not watch.
0: <laughs> Great guesses by Phil. I mean, there's always one out of left field, Black Express, and then there's always one way off, Smith. And then yeah. the rest are spot on. Yeah. Kate had some fantastic guesses, and also had a couple of uh, topics that she wanted to uh, raise you yeah, some funny stories.
1: So I, I will say that, before you go, that my favorite restaurant is really our, our home, where, where she cooks. That, oh, wow. Really trying to get some brownie points after the
0: one-year anniversary. You love to see that. The number one, Her number one guess is Chow House. Got it. Then she guesses Kotobuki. Great guess. I'm so, the
1: so this was why I didn't put it. Number one, like, I feel like for me, it's more takeout. Okay. Not going there close to as much. Takeout sushi. Much. And, oh, yeah. Especially, so growing up, there was one, the next town over from where I grew up. And that was my primary experience. Going there is actually not that great of experience. There's always a wait. It's kind of like, it's just like a lot. It's, it's just, it's more pleasant just going there, picking it up having it back the east village one is good but we've picked it up and gotten it back too and the sushi is we've talked about a million times on the podcast amazing quality for the price probably the best intersection of price and quality for sushi but going there it's like that going there it's a little like on the weekends it's pretty bustling this it's not it's not great service unfortunately Oh really? I've never had that service there. You're you're like waiting a long time. I've had a number of of mediocre to not great experiences. At the at both of them. Gotcha. Um I talked about this I think on the pod. I mean, obviously pandemic you can't really knock anyone for, but this was a few several weeks after kind of, you know, the takeout take out situation was established, but they told us to come at like six thirty and we were waiting oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. out in the cold until eight thirty. <laughs> So you can't, no, that's, you know. that's horrific. Yeah, yeah. that's terrible. Uh, but all that notwithstanding, that's how good the sushi is for its great value. But it, going there doesn't have that magic necessarily. Uh, right. for me, that's fair. I I prefer having it at home and for breakfast and for breakfast, which is after. insane. Yeah.
0: Then Arturos, bang, bang, Lucali.
1: I thought the Lucali ab- on, on yours guesses. Yeah, I I uh, strongly thought about Lucali. Didn't make the cut. That's i I've always wanted to try Locale. I feel like that's. I've been there a few times. Special and, and kind of. I haven't been there in probably five or six years. And I feel like. I mean, the first time I went there would have been 2012. And not that it wasn't popular then, but I feel like it's gotten mega, mega popular over the years. Yeah, now the it's just the, like, the owner's gotten very
0: famous now. Yeah,
1: yeah. It was it was kind of like that, but I feel like now it's really like that, and I haven't been there. I've been there like three or four times, but I haven't been there probably in at least five years. And really, really good, but ultimately wasn't in my top nine. All right.
0: Blue Hill, which we've talked about in the podcast a lot, the Farmer Table Restaurant.
1: Yeah, that's a, a great guess. I didn't say it. The so we went to the one in the city. Kate actually took me there for my birthday once and it was unbelievable and out of any restaurant kind of changes how you think about food. I'm reading the chef's book right now that I talked about last right. week, I think, for my highlight. I've, the, the, going to the farm seems like the experience. Also, we had such a crazy couple sit next to us of like that, that, the, the, the insanity of them as amazing as the food was. Like, that's what I remember. Love that. A little they bitter were, bitter. It was, it was actually kind of sad. It was like, huh. clearly they should be getting divorced and it was like the, you know, the, the husband never saw the son and they were basically just talking about all their marital problems. And it was clearly pretty much all the husband's fault. And clearly they were super rich. Like clearly this guy just worked nonstop and like the way they talked about things like, and, and then the to table, table to divorce. Yeah. And then the, it was just so sad at the end. We like, we, they came over, it was, it was the wife's birthday and then, oh, and then she just like <laughs> sent her home in a taxi and they, you know, went back to work. Oh my god! Yeah, so that was like just, it. Was just like so insane that, uh and but the food, the food was unbelievable. But those comp- confluence of factors, and it only was I've been there once, so that's gonna give you a blue dinner, blue balls, cheese Louise. Also, TJ Miller was there at the same time. <laughs> He's also a crazy guy. <laughs> yeah
0: then she guesses which we just we talked about earlier three g's in florida wasn't on her list it was was on it was on on it was off
1: it was basically i might have subbed it in for like latini it was kind of like i might put it in there yeah i might not great guess
0: and then maybe peter luger yeah overall great guesses and then she adds also i don't think he has these but ask lance about the wild restaurant we went to in montreal where virtual reality was involved and the time he had a sunburn at Clint Eastwood's ranch. Oh, yeah. Don't
1: think they make the list, but definitely memorable restaurant experiences. Yeah. So Why were you at Clint Eastwood's ranch? So if you ever go to Carmel-by-the-Sea in, I guess, in California, it's like northern California, a few hours south of San Francisco. It's like Pebble Beach is, Monterey. Oh, yeah. Clint Eastwood, I guess, was the mayor there at some point, And he bought this ranch that I think was going to be torn down or something. And it's a restaurant. And there's animals, and just a beautiful view, and an amazing restaurant, and the food was good, but I had, I was coming off the day before I acquired the worst sunburn of my life. Got to lather up, got to reapply. It will never be beat. We did a, I think I've talked about this before on the pod, we took a surfing lesson in Malibu, and the wetsuit that the, like the surfing instructors supplied was uh. too small, so I didn't wear it, so I was like, I'll just go, no no wetsuit, and I... Realize I forgot to put sunscreen on my back. So I was Ugh. just out surfing for like two hours in, you know, with, with no sunscreen back exposed and I could like barely move. I was just like, I was like, I had sun poisoning. I was physically like sick. Like yeah, it was, and, and, Kate, and then Kate was having this like amazing time. She's like, this is so beautiful. This is like the nicest, it was, it was beautiful. And you were eating outside and the food was amazing and it was such a cool place. And, but I was just like, Trying to keep it together and not like (laughs) I like had I was like if it was if we weren't at this like amazing and it was kind of like the we we had planned on going there and it was kind of the highlight of this this we did this California trip suck it up so I just sucked it up but I was that was miserable
0: that is horrendous we actually it was so
1: bad that it was the middle of the summer you know it was August and we got to Carmel like a few hours before and we started walking around and I just started walking. I was like, I have to buy a sweatshirt. So I went into like a store and <sighs> bought a sweatshirt. So then you have sunburn, and you're wearing a hot sweater in the sun. Yeah, oh. it, was, it was rough. And then the Montreal restaurant was like this for Kate's birthday, I guess, two or three years ago. That was like my, my not her birthday for the holidays. That was my, my present. And we get there and they like tell us that they, first of all, it's like in a different location. Like we got there and they're like, we actually just moved. And it's like it was like a virtual. It was like a experience. They turned it into like an experience restaurant. The food was still really good, but like you, you're supposed to wear like VR goggles for a course, and it was just insanity. And we thought at the end they were just gonna chop us up and eat and serve us. <laughs> it was really good, but it was just like I can't even describe. Well, what the was the virtual it was. reality for to see how it was made? Or, like, no, so it was like it was, like, it, was, it, was it? it was like an experiential restaurant and. Clearly, it was like their third day opening, like in business. <laughs> but like they, ne- they didn't tell anyone who made reservations that this was what it was going to be. But clearly, that's insanity. But clearly, like with the experience and with the, f- the food was was amazing. But like they were testing it out almost. Like it that's was kind of it was kind of cool because you were seeing what the experience would be like. And I'm sure that it was expensive. But with all of this stuff involved, I'm sure it was it would be like at least double the price. That's crazy. So it was kind of cool to see that, but it was also just wild sounds banana but yeah nice very nice Great predictions you got any ads
0: i got two small quick ads so we were talking about restaurants i wanted to promote two places where you could donate to restaurants one is the hot bread kitchen a non that's known for creating job opportunities for women and small business owners the group is currently accepting donations for workers who are reeling from the ongoing coronavirus that's the Hot Bread Kitchen. And then the other one is Service Workers Coalition. It, is, it was created in response to the hundreds of restaurant industry workers who were laid off due to the pandemic. This resource helps fund $50 weekly grocery stipends for out-of-work restaurant industry staffers. It is the Service Workers
1: Coalition. Wow. That's great. Yeah. You're such a good person. I'm a good guy. You're I, a good that's guy. That's me bringing
0: back the cart. I the cart to the supermarket little line. I'm not leaving it by my parking space.
1: Yeah, you're, you're making sure the kitchen's across the We're city talking, and across the country. Restaurants, it's I want to make sure these restaurant workers and restaurants stay alive. That's great. Good on you. Good on the pod. Good on the pod. Good on the bags I've got an ad. I'm not as good of a person as you, or at least the ad- advertisement is more soulless. Um, this <laughs> week we are sponsored by Uber Pete's. <laughs> Uber Pete's. Is your name Pete? Do you know somebody named Pete? Are you PETA from the Hunger Games? Well then, you'll love Uber Pete's, the first app by and specifically for Pete's. I mean, for Pete's sake. This app is for Pete's sake. Simply place your order with our app and our elite fleet of Pete's with very sweet feet will meet and greet you at your seat. I know that was a lot, so we'll spare you the deets. Just know that Uber Pete's can't be beat especially when it comes to investing in REITs, also known as Real Estate Investment Trusts. Uber <laughs> Pete, download today. Not available if your name is Kevin. Kevin?
0: Yeah. See, oh, God. Not available if your name is Kevin. Yeah. Uber Pete, wow. Chat out Uber Pete. Welcome to the podcast. They're sponsoring this. Sweet.
1: Yeah, I mean, Pete? they sent over the ad, and I said, all right, well, Great you, paid us. you paid us for to do this ad, so... I'll take them up on that. Uber Pete. Sweet Pete. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Beautiful. We got a question this week. Thank you for all the Brazerbacks who have sent questions before. If you would like to send in a question to the pod, really about anything, a lot of questions seem to be about things specific. So, you know, like this week was restaurant. So next week we might get some restaurant. That seems to be how it goes, right? Like we'll get a question on something somewhat recent, but you could literally ask about anything if you want to ask. About Jesse's iced coffee preference. If you want to ask about real estate investment trusts, literally, literally anything, we'll we'll answer. Um, Bingo. This question is from a Brazerback who is going by the name Jim Nance Sweatpants, and Jim Nance Sweatpants says, "Hi, comedy chefs. Good athlete episode. i d- this was last episode was top nine athletes we did. I've debated I've debated this with some of my friends and thought it could be fun dip for you to answer. Would you rather be a professional athlete?" a famous musician, or a famous actor. And then he said, thanks for being a good pod. Yeah, but you know, I, that was like the brazon, which also yeah, well, Phil Jackson said. <laughs> you, you gotta end it with the last it's one. All, it's seven. all about maintaining the flow of the podcast. So we can't like, <laughs> they know it's a good pod. We can't, we can't just like dip into minutiae all the time. We gotta keep it right. I think the minutia is the, it's
0: the, it's the breadcrumb. Sometimes it, it makes the whole dish. I, I think might. it's a great
1: question. Thanks for the question. You, you, you know, do you have an answer? I was just going to say Mike Minutia, like Mike Shinoda. Nice. Yeah. I like that. Do I have an answer? You're, you're pondering this on me? I, I have an answer also. I'll go. I,
0: I thought about this. I feel like growing up as a youngster, I always wanted to be a professional athlete. But as I've grown older, I, I've fantasized about – I have no musical ability. But I think being a famous musician, probably the best, coolest life – I feel like I've been doing stand-up for six years now over six years now has been awesome and I but I feel like I would the dream is to be able to like have you in comedy you have to keep turning out material and if the same people come to see you you need new bits musician musicians they get some hits they play some concerts they, they're playing playing the hits they, they can play they can play the same songs if they're good um, I Obviously, want to play new music. I think it's, it's playing music to a huge hall or like arena kind of seems magical, and put, being able to play an instrument and kind of riff sounds unbelievable. Um, yeah, I'll, shit, I'll pick famous musician.
1: So, if this was one night, I would choose musician. I think that experience of like playing music well to a giant crowd is probably unbelievable. Mm. Actor is a hard no. Same. Being a famous actor sounds pretty bad. Honestly. I'm not sure if it's even worth it. Yeah. Like, it'd be cool to act in the movies, but everything else sounds terrible. Yeah. And then you gotta, like, have, like, Instagram stories about, like, social issues. You don't have to. I think the, the best actors well, are the you ones don't. that,
0: like, don't, don't let you see their, their personality. Like, Daniel Day-Lewis, you have no idea what kind of guy he is.
1: Yeah, but, like, I don't know. Now it's, like, it's just... You gotta hide. You have to like, actively hide. You either you know? have to hide or you have to, like... Let everyone know how good of a person you are, and that probably means you're not a good. It's it's a it's complicated. No, no, no. Actor, yeah. I think, is the hard no, though, for me. Musician, I think, is really cool and could be really cool, but I think you run the risk of like hating yourself strongly, because musician, yeah, like. You have, I've asked you this a million times and I never remember the answer. Have you seen a, a Star is Born? I have not. Just like how I feel like you just easily get swallowed by the music industry potentially and you end up making stuff that you hate and you hate yourself and your art and all that, you know. One thing I was thinking about the- all
0: spot about musicians though is that you can't really bomb though. I feel like... You can you would know you're bombing, but it's not like, if, listen, if you're performing a concert, people are going to, you, you can perform badly and people just are standing there rocking. If you, it's the same thing if you perform well.
1: Uh, I don't, I'm not sure. And then, and then you got to like go in the studio and say, like, great day in the studio, hashtag grinding. <laughs> and then you're traveling so much that you're probably just exhausted and you got to either like you have to like go through phases like you got to do drugs then you got to be sober and then you got <laughs> to like relapse and just a lot i don't know if i could take it uh your family life probably isn't good so i'm i'm going professional athlete and i'll tell you why number 1 playing things competitively is great and it's super it's great amazing you know, i think anyone a lot of people it's very demanding i think a lot of people don't think about or realize the, as we said this last time, the, the mental and physical demands of, of professional, being a professional athlete. But I think that you get that rush and all of the, it depends on if you're a superstar, if you're a bench player, whatever, but no matter what, you're getting that professional experience, you're getting paid well, and then your career is only 20 years. So I could be a professional athlete and then I could turn around and open up a restaurant. And that's why right. I would rather be. If, if you're, athlete. if you're like
0: not a top tier athlete, even, but if like even if you are, even if you are, downsides of the top of, of being a musician are kind of similar to being an athlete. A lot of traveling, a lot of the the media trying to tear you down once you get to a certain level, a lot of fan pressure.
1: Yeah, but of, you're you're doing it for twenty years at the most, and then people expect you to have a second act like they don't expect you to like musician you have to be like the same musician you were at 20 as you even you know, like look at like the beatles it's like they're or paul mccartney it's like the same thing kind of i mean he's evolved a little bit but it's still the musician guy and with like an athlete they the max expectation is that you're going to be a professional athlete for 20 years i mean even someone like tom brady it's like enough already people are like you got to move on dude right and you could be a coach. Could, I mean, that's what I think is so sad about Kobe is that he, like, was clearly doing and was just starting on doing a lot of amazing things. And, he you know, won an like, Oscar. Yeah, he won an Oscar. He was, like, starting businesses, venture capital stuff. Like, clearly taking his prowess that, you know, he applied to basketball and applying it to a lot of other things. And I think that's what's... what the actual real benefit of being a professional athlete is you have that you acquire that mindset and you're able to to apply it to a lot of different things and then you're not expected to like be the lebron james of, of basketball for right for, for 40 years
0: uh, that's true you can always have like and the stakes are lower if you're second yeah. you can you can do that with anything i mean justin timberlake it started acting after a while.
1: Yeah, but, a bunch but, of movies. but people are still like, all right, when's this next album coming out? Yeah.
0: Eh. B- both,
1: both good answers. Both
0: good answers. Want to move in the groove into our... Is that a QAB? Let's do it. I'll get on base. I got a simple one, Quickie. I've been doing a little bit more cooking in my actual kitchen. And I was talking about Carmine's and how much garlic they use. I love garlic. I'm pro-garlic. I can't figure out how to not burn my garlic. I I've, I I want to use garlic in all my dishes. I've like been looking on YouTube. Yeah, put it in later. Put if you put it in too soon in the oil it burns. I no matter what I'm cooking. Last night I, ch- I cooked chicken thighs. I put in a bunch of garlic. Mm. It was burnt to a crisp. Black garlic. I don't know what to do. I don't I don't I don't want to put it in there at the end and have it be raw. If anybody if, if you have any tips Garlic to me is cooking it, it's QAB, maybe I'm QAB, maybe I'm goose after all. How do you, how do you put it in? I slice it up. Usually, usually I'll slice it up thin, and then when I put in the oil, let the oil simmer, then I put in the garlic. To, to I've always thought that you infuse the oil with the garlic, and that's how you, like you always start a dish. But after a while, the garlic just
1: either evaporates or it burns. So what you got to do is take you have like a chef's knife. Yeah. So take that, like, put it like parallel to the you gotta and you gotta almost like hammer. Take the garlic smash. Put it under. Smash. Yeah, smash the garlic. You it's
0: not gonna fine. burn.
1: Burns way less than if you slice it. Okay, I'll do that. Because when you when smashed. you when you slice the garlic like straight up, it a lot of the juice it like doesn't the the juice isn't as I guess it gets rid of the juice. Okay. Mom, so there you go. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. And I mean, the downside is that you get larger chunks. I love a large chunk. Yeah, I, lo- I love what lo- I, don't, I don't consider it a downside. So I got to
0: smash. So see, or, yeah, I've been putting in either I'll yeah. slice it or I put in a whole clove without even touching it. And yeah. It burns and then, that way too.
1: Really? Yeah. What are you putting in? Uh, what are you? So chicken thighs.
0: Chicken thighs. I, I slice it up and then I would also, afterwards, before putting it in the oven, I put in just
1: whole cloves. And those come out all, all in burnt also. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I think Try smashing them, though. Especially if you're just cooking something in a pan, it should be better.
0: All right. Smash mouth.
1: Yeah, Go smash math. We'll try that,
0: and I'll report back.
1: Mike, QAB, I think you're going to know what it is. Because I said <laughs> what it was going to be when we were playing yeah. golf. So... We but we had a nice time playing golf, really great time. The only negative thing about it was this ranger, the golf ranger. Is that the yeah, right name? Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. He really made a Marc Messier of his, <laughs> of his uh, <laughs> job. So he talked to us not once, but twice to speed up play. And they were both, I think, QAB. The first one was arguably not, but the second one really was. So... Rangers in golf, their job is to basically maintain the pace of play so there's not major backup and people aren't like waiting 20 minutes to take their next shot. It's a necessary job. When we teed off, there was no one that was kind of like telling us when to tee off and when not to. So when we teed off, the group ahead of us was already like a full hole ahead of us because no one ever said, okay, you're up. Right. Tee off. We just realized on our own that it was our time to tee off, so we did. So. The ranger the first time says, hey, the, first, the group ahead of you is way ahead of you. Could you speed it up? He also, I think, targeted us because we we're having some cigars, right? And we're, young and, so, we're, and we're, we're young. and we're young. And we're younger. And we're younger. Yeah. So everyone there. I mean, not people. it wasn't like older people there. But I guess we were probably one of the younger people. Yeah. We so. seemed like a couple of young
0: hooligans smoking cigars yeah. they could pick on.
1: So we get it. It's like, okay, fine. The group behind us wasn't waiting for us at all. I think before that there might have been one instance where they were waiting maybe two or three minutes for us, but yeah, they did not seem
0: perturbed about it. We, they, we crossed paths with them; they weren't annoyed or said anything to us.
1: Not at all, and I really don't think they were waiting for us. No, But whatever. We get it. He was he was a little firm, but okay. So we did speed up, sure. And did. we sped up so much that like the group behind us was like well behind us, Had like, a several holes, and then there was one hole where we we all had like, you know, we all hit it in the woods seven times and whatever, but we still were, we're fine. And the group, the, the group caught up to us a little bit, but they still weren't waiting. The guy goes, Hey guys, you really got to speed it up. And now we're just like stressed out about rushing. This group behind us isn't even waiting They're Like at one point after that, they're like 15 minutes behind us. We did a part three and they didn't even, it's just like, there's no need for that type of, of behavior especially when we're we're the customer we're the customer we're paying a lot of money to play golf at this course and this guy is essentially ruining the time he's i mean he's making us stress like the whole golf is a you have to enjoy your time and there are people who are slow and take too long and mess up the the game for others but that is not at all what we're doing it was simply that the group ahead of us started way before us and we're never going to we're never going to create the perfect diagram that this guy wanted because yeah. he has nothing better to do. I mean it was wild and it was a situation where I feel like he's going to end up – if he does that to everyone, he's going to end up getting fired because there's going to be someone who says that they're singling them out because of just some random quality. And if he does right. that to other people. I mean there's no, there's no basis for, for someone to do that. It was yeah. ridiculous. I, you know, I never get heated about anything, but like, I was fired I was fired out. up.
0: The second approach, I, I was not there, so when I, I saw him approach you to tell him, I didn't hear him what he said. He's like, so I, I, he's just it, like,
1: "Hey guys, you gotta speed it up," and I was like, right. All "Right." I just like said, "All right," and didn't even like, right. Like, I was almost like, "Fuck off." I've. It's one of those things where, first of all, I, I feel like when you,
0: when you think about going to play golf, it's one of the things you forget that like. It's just kind of annoying that there's people in front of you and people behind you, that there's a pace of play. But he definitely went after us because we were younger. Uh, and I just, I've gotten used to, in high school, I played a lot more golf than I play now. And the place we used to play, a place called Orchard Hills, there's like a, these old guys that are just like the starter and they check you in and they just resent. I think it's similar to this guy in the Ranger, they just resent younger people playing golf and that we we can play golf, that we're, We want to play golf. And they just, their approach, and they're always looking. The guy was targeting us all
1: afternoon. He was looking looking to get us. It was a literal gotcha moment. Like the second that, (laughs) like we were so far ahead of them after he told us to speed up. The one time out of the rest of the like 10 holes after he told us to speed up, the one time where we weren't just like absurdly far ahead, he decided to pounce. Yeah, it was just insane. Like if someone asked us how, it was to the point where after we just like went into the parking lot. But if someone at the course asked like how it was, I was gonna, yeah. I was gonna say, I was like, listen, I know Pays to play is important, but it just was very unnecessary. And like that's the thing where yeah. it's like I wouldn't want to come back here because of that. Yeah. It's just out of line. And I, I, I feel like I never get mad about stuff yeah. like that at all. Well, I agree. I feel like I was just able
0: to. It can't let that guy just was on a power trip. That guy loves his job. I don't know if he loves it, but he, he loves telling people to speed up and like it's just laughable. I, I, I he would have never said that if we were a 40 year old. Yeah, guys, and it's stuff, it's stuff like that
1: that makes the world a worse place. You can't treat people, I mean, yeah. not to it, it's, it's not to draw any parallel to anything in the world, but it's like that type of behavior. If you apply it to other positions and domains, it creates a very, I think, very bad precedents in a lot of different sure. different facets of life.
0: Yeah. I think that club also, October, said that it used to be private, it to now it's private. public. So it yeah, might it's be, like, he, he's a carryover. He might yeah, hold guy, resentment that we have access to this yeah, course.
1: The guy's like mad that the public. Get over yourself. It's like, yeah. get over yourself. Again. We got to get that guy on the podcast or make sure he hears that QAB section. Maybe he'll change his ways. Yeah, I don't think so, but... All right. Yeah. Should we bring in the closer?
0: Let's do it. We're fired up. I feel like you should bring the closer. You, you have a little fire in your eyes. All I, feel right. like, I feel like you do. Right. A three. A one. A one, two, three,
1: four. Bits, 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 Come bits. Come on. Bits, 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 bits. Come bits, on, man. Bits, 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 bits. Bits. Hey now. Bits, 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 bits. Bits, 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 bits. Bits, 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 bits.
0: Bits. Very nice.
1: The last thing I'll say about this guy is that oh, no. by the objective criteria that his job is supposed to judge by if anyone is holding anyone up, we were not doing that.
0: I agree. And I feel like, I don't know, like I feel like he almost wanted an argument and we were going to give it to
1: him. It, it did feel like that. Yeah.
0: Other, pe- other people would have been like combative. It would be like, what are you talking about? We're fine. But we took it on the chin, we kept them moving. We're, we're good people. We're talking about the butt. Yeah, yeah we're, we're airing
1: it out in public.
0: Airing it out in the kitchen, and we're going to cook it into
1: a good dish. That's right. You got it in the plug? Um, My, my computer's all plugged in. I think my plug phone in. needs to be plugged in. But no, just send a question to Braze Bits. Email brazebits at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at brazebits. If you... I've talked about Big Apple Box, the small company that I I started, small business box and stuff from small businesses in New York to other places. We actually sold out our first box, which is awesome. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, But if you do want to, we're going to have like a lot of stuff for the holidays and coming weeks. So if you're interested, just go to BigAppleBox.com and there's like an email thing that you can subscribe to. Awesome. Yeah. Send a box to our guy at... Rock Hill Spring Golf Course, no. with a, a head in it, <laughs> like The Sopranos, like a yeah. dead horse or whatever. Yeah, send a little message to our guy. Yeah, yeah. Send us a question. Send us
0: a comment. Send us feedback. Some meal prep. Thank you for listening to all over the world. Tell a friend. Tell an enemy. We love you. Braze on. Braze on. Peace. Peace.